everyone, and welcome to Sort of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, Ben the Human, sitting to my left. James Odell, Alpha Spectre. Travis Herman, uh, Dr. T. Neal, will not be joining us on this episode because, uh, you know, daddy shit uh, going down. Uh, something unexpected. But what you can look forward to is us whoring out our social medias. Uh, guys, like Sort of My Brand or our nerd news page, Sort of My Comics, on Facebook. You can follow Sort of My Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, subscribe to Sort of My uh, Brand on YouTube, where we're uploading all the podcasts now. Uh, this week, actually, I'm like, because last week was crazy, I was sick. I'm going into overdrive this week. I'm uploading a bunch of shit. Like, I've already got some stuff prepped. I'm doing, I'm setting another one when I get home to, to render and shit. Like, so there's going to be a lot of content on the YouTube uh, this week. You're listening to this somewhere, whether it's SoundCloud or iTunes, no matter where it is, follow us, rate it, comment, do all that cool shit. Comment and let us know what you think about what we think about the things that other people are thinking about. (laughs) That's the best way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) And ultimately, uh, if you want to follow us personally, some of our social media crap is down there in the description below. But uh, let's... Go ahead and jump into it, and uh, we usually do a little banter at the beginning now, a little, little mm-hmm. back and forth. I saw It today. Yeah, how was that? Yeah, that was way better than the original, like super, super better than the original. Now, is it flawless? No. No, not ultimately. <laughs> There's this, okay, I know I'm nitpicking, I know it, but <laughs> hear me out. There's this thing that keeps happening during the movie where um, it, it starts out October... 1988 and then it jumps like eight months i think to june 1987 or not 1987 it goes back in time uh to 1989 and that's acceptable but later it has this jump to what is it uh september or no to august which is two months but the first shot they open on two months later is this the bully kid who got hit in the head with a rock and was bleeding. He got like gashed open in June, and he still has he's still fucked up on his forehead two months later. And then they do the same thing, and then like you know August plays out, and then um, then like the whole climax of the movie happens and shit. They jump to September, and all these kids are still like scratched up and shit. I'm like like okay, what was this at the end? end of august is like is this the middle of they would be healed by now for the most part uh, one of the kids breaks his arm but uh you know so he's still wear that's believable <laughs> you enough. don't come back from that quite as quickly as a as a scratch right yeah so like super unnecessary time jumps <laughs> wildly unnecessary time jumps and not in continuity with what's happening on screen that's so. that's like <clears throat> you say you're nitpicking, but like things that bug the shit out of me in movies is like okay, a vehicle, it just like scraped up against the guardrail uh, yeah, yeah. of a road, and like you see like, and it's got all this damage on the side. Well, in the next scene when it's just driving by, there's no fucking damage. Yeah, but in the next it's scene, like it's that. scratched up again. And I'm also the kind of guy who like whether it's a TV show or a movie is like if someone has like an oven mitt on. And then, like, the next shot, they don't have the oven mitt. And then the next shot, they do have the oven mitt. Like, I, I'm the kind of guy who looks at that shit. I don't know. Maybe I'm an asshole. But, uh, yeah. Oh, God. I just noticed something like that the other day. I think it was in Civil War. Really? I think okay. it might have been. It, it had to do with a mask. 
So it, it had to have been like Civil War, because that that and Doctor Strange are the only two that I've watched here lately. And Civil War was the only one where any of them were wearing masks. And I'm okay. pretty sure it was Captain America. Like one minute he's got his his headpiece on and all that, uh, yeah. and then like in a split second it's gone. Huh. Like like they pan to someone else and then they pan right back to him and it's gone. Huh. And I'm like he did not take that shit God off. Damn it! Next time I watch, I'm gonna be looking for that. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, okay, they keep saying this is a terribly scary movie, and I can see where they would get that. I like I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, I find it hard to get scared anymore. No recent movie has really scared me. Now this movie excited me. It got suspension out of me, but not scared. Uh, not really at any point. Well, I My don't son, however, who saw it with me, he, he's, he was he's gonna have nightmares for yeah. days. He was all over the place, but I could definitely see where this would scare the shit out of uh, out of most people. Like, there's some real creepy elements in this. Like, I, maybe I'm just desensitized. I well, don't know. And, and I think that's part of like we're almost thirty years old. We've seen some shit. Oh my god, we... Alien is enough right there to be like fucking it. Screw that, right? Yeah. Although there was some graphic shit in this. The one thing that really got me... Because, alright, I'm a dad. I don't like to see kids get hurt and maimed and shit in movies. And there's this part near the beginning. I'm not going to say what it is. So I don't take away from this moment. uh, Because the filmmakers made it for a reason. And blah, 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 blah. Whatever. I'm not a big fan of this moment. But I will say, like, I was sitting there and, like... I had shot up, and my eyes were a little wide. I was like, wasn't scared. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, again, it was suspenseful as shit. Um, the it's kid, the child ones. actors are great. The child actors are great. And that can yeah. make or break a movie. When, yeah. when you have a lot of kids in a movie, right? Like that can make or break it. And I feel like this has already been spoiled enough by the internet. Even if it hasn't, like it's not like a spoiler. But this is only chapter one. Yeah, but at they, the very end, like right soon, before the credits, it says it chapter one. Like as soon, I don't even think it was Sunday of opening weekend. Yeah. there was already like a poster image for it chapter two. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, they wasted no time. Um, this is this is one I would definitely suggest people see. Our listeners, you, if you you haven't seen it yet, have you? Huh. Okay. Yeah, I would say go see it. Uh, don't take the kids. They're not old enough. My son <laughs> no. is 11. Uh, <laughs> Your son's 11. He's, he's going to be 12 in December, so... <laughs> he's yeah. going to have nightmares. Still, days. yeah. But but he had a good time. Oh, my God. And these kids curse so much in this movie. Oh, my oh, God. Really? There's this one... Oh, God. He's going to think it's um, okay now. There's this one point. Uh, the, the kid who constantly makes sexual innuendo jokes and stuff... <laughs> They, okay, they were throwing rocks at the bully, and he was like, go blow your dad, you mullet-wearing asshole. <laughs> like, what? Oh, okay. So this is and then you're movie. sitting there thinking, so I was like, I'm going to use that someday. Someday. Hopefully I get to <laughs> use that one. But yeah, it was it was a fun movie. Um, and we do we did our picture. Anytime me and Ben take a picture, uh, go to see a movie, we take a picture with the poster, and sometimes we try to do it themed or whatever. So, before we went to see the movie, we stopped at Kroger to buy a red balloon with a white string. And I was like, once I got to the counter, I was like, ma'am, I've got a real simple one for you. We just want a a red balloon filled with helium. And she was like, white string, right? 
trust me, you're not my first one today. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Oh, yeah. So, because I felt kind of like an asshole, like, just going in and doing that. But I was like, this is for the picture with my son. It's it's different, you know. <laughs> it's a little different. But, yeah. So, it was a good time, though. I'm glad I saw yeah. it. For sure. Because anymore, I only ever get to see superhero movies in Dude, theaters. same. Last one I saw was Spider-Man. The next movie I see in theaters will probably be Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> like... Who knows after that? Probably Black Panther. If if I don't make it to see this, that's what my next one's gonna you be. You got yeah. You definitely like next date night. You and you and the wife have yeah. Go for it for sure. Uh, if anything, she'll be scared and she'll need thick, strong man to hold her. So I don't I don't know how she does with horror movies. It's a good question. We'll we'll find out. We'll find <laughs> out. Yeah. All right, guys. So. Jumping off from that, let's let's get into comics. The thing that brought us all to the table and uh, started this whole podcast uh, thing, I think. Is that how? I don't remember. I don't remember how we like we originally breached the idea, but there was definitely talks of a podcast, and we were reading comics. So, <laughs> sure. Uh, it's been a while since yeah. It's been a while since you went first. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go first. I guess uh, my notes are sparing, but I remember these books pretty easily. Uh, all right, guys. So I'm doing two books today: Walking Dead 171 and Darth Vader number five. Walking Dead 171 uh, is actually kind of a, an interesting one in the way that it's somewhat of a lame grab on a popular stereotype of character right now. This issue uh, actually picks up with Michonne's caravan, who, uh, I can't even remember, <laughs> like, the, the book's kind of been slow lately. I can't even really remember why Michonne is, is going out with this caravan. I think they're going to meet this new group or something. I don't know. Anyways, they're going through Pittsburgh, which is a big city. It's empty. And of course, one of their first reactions is, like, is this fucking safe, you know? Like, a big city environment like this probably has a shit ton of walkers in it so they're walking through and they, they've they been walking through for a while and they haven't seen anything and so we get this two-page spread of michonne yelling out hello is anyone out there like real loud i think like I who said, the they, fuck does that they've been dry well okay first of all we're talking about people who are like fucking masters of killing zombies at this point like these are the kind of like people mm. note about the show that it used to be like people would really react to the to the walkers and shit and now most of the seasoned characters like barely bat an eye when a walker comes half the time they're not even killing them if there's only like one or two they just kind of walk off and leave them we're talking about people who kind of don't give a fuck about any walkers and this is a big situation they're still like close enough to the the exit of town to where they can probably get out of here quick enough so she tests the waters. Nothing. Nothing at all until another two-page spread where uh, a new character has come out of nowhere. <laughs> now, this is the character on the front here. You can see she's got this puffy pink jacket. She's got purple hair <laughs> and shit. This chick has been alone for like a year now. Like, she's just been living here on her own for a year. She apparently had a group at one point. They're obviously not around. <laughs> and there's this back and forth between her and Michonne. Michonne doesn't trust her. She kind of can't make up whether she's ready to trust them randomly or if she wants to train her gun on them 
because she kind of goes back and forth like two or three times <laughs> during that whole interaction. But essentially, she she talks her way into joining this group. This new character's name is Juanita Sanchez. And what I'm getting from her is a Harley Quinn, Deadpool, like, run off at the mouth, kind of silly, kind of kooky, you, you don't know what she's going to do next type of character. Right. And so, Robert Kirkman being who he is, like, me enjoying this book as much as I do, and I'm in till the end at this point. I've read every issue. Well, I'm I mean, in till the he's, end. he's even made the statement that it is going to come to an end at some point. Yeah. That end isn't Might be quite a... as in sight as Invincible, right. but the end is yeah. coming. And so, I'm in it till the end. So, I'm going to stick around and see what this character is like. But if it, it, essentially, she she talks away into the group, but says, you know, I have to go get my stuff. I don't like, I, I've been here a year, I've acquired some things, I don't want to leave them. <laughs> so, she, she talks them into following her back. They follow her back to her little apartment, and she says, come on out. Uh, look alive, boys. I've brought some horses. And Michonne fucking immediately, like, slaps her fucking rifle down you don't fucking move i'll fucking shoot her i'll kill her you know this bitch is dead i see one fucking person <laughs> i'm paraphrasing of course uh anyways it's silent for a moment and then this chick starts laughing Juanita sanchez starts laughing because she was just fucking with him oh my god yeah that is a good way to get yourself killed oh yeah in this in this world and she says hold on to my gun i'll be right back and then she walks up that's the end of the book so we'll kind of see how this plays out um honestly if if they are doing being robert kirkman if they are doing kind of like oh you wanted this type of character you keep saying the comics don't have enough life so here we're giving you what you want but this bitch turns out to be two-faced or something like i can accept it but if we're just adding another kooky person we had negan we already have negan he's kind of fucking off the wall He's not dead in the comics. Like he's, uh, they finally exiled him, because he helped out in the the Whisper War recently. Yeah. And after that, they were like, "You gotta fucking go, man. Like, <laughs> we're not gonna execute you." It's like we appreciate you know, this help, shit, but but you yeah. did some fucked up stuff. You gotta go. And now that has caused uh, tensions between Dwight and Rick. Uh, Dwight does is thinking about taking over. So yeah, it, it's. Fighting it's Rick for command thing. has never been a smart move. Yeah, but Rick's all crippled up now. Like, I mean, he walks on a fucking cane. He's only got one hand in the comics. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Like, Dwight versus Rick in a fist fight? I think, I think Dwight's winning. <laughs> but uh, Rick is a vicious fucker. Like, I don't know. He's... Since the book has picked up after the all-out war where it's, like, got all fucked up and stuff, he's already fought off two people. He bit the throat out of one of them. So, yeah. Anyways, we'll see where this goes. Uh, I'm kind of lukewarm on the whole situation. I can see where it's cheap, but at the same time, again, I'm in for the long haul. Yeah. I'm already committed to some of these characters, so we'll see. But, much more interestingly, I also read Star Wars Darth Vader number 5, and this is... Uh, I don't know if you say this is volume two. I really don't know how they classify these because there was a, a Darth Vader, yeah, uh, yeah, comic post because I remember you yeah. you talked about a couple of those. Yeah, well, this is the series that 
takes place, I mean this literally, like minutes, maybe a minute, after the ending of Star Wars Episode Three. Okay. So this is, he's done his, no, and, and here we are. And then we pick up in issue one. So essentially what the story of this book has centered around so far, this first arc has been about Darth Vader constructing his Sith lightsaber, which is apparently you need to kill a Jedi and corrupt the Kyber crystal of their lightsaber with the dark side. And that's how Siths get their lightsaber. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so we've learned we're learning a little bit here that's too. That's actually kind of interesting, though. So at this point, Darth Vader has killed a Jedi, a, a long hidden Jedi too, taken his lightsaber and has phoned home to, <laughs> to the Emperor, who tells him, "You need to go to the place of your greatest defeat to do this." So he goes back to Mustafar, where he was cut down by by Obi Wan Kenobi and left to die. He goes to the Mustafar, and you might you might recognize a certain panel in this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. know where that's supposed to be? Yeah. That's Darth Vader's castle. Well, well the future site of Darth Vader's castle on Mustafar. <laughs> so he goes to this place, and he walks into this cave and starts to deconstruct the lightsaber and take out the kyber crystal. He starts messing with it, and he's you can tell he's putting everything he can into it, and then it just sizzles and blows him back at this moment we see him say what what have i done and from there he gets up he reconstructs the lightsaber as is he hasn't corrupted it yet he goes back to the emperor and the emperor says you know something along the lines of you know was you were you successful in your quest and he says i was and the emperor says i would see your blade darth vader strikes the lightsaber and it's green from there, oh. they end up in a big battle, and he cuts down the Emperor, killing him. Huh. Only shortly after that, he seeks out Obi-Wan Kenobi on a planet that is obviously not Tatooine. <laughs> he kneel, uh, Obi-Wan strikes his lightsaber, he takes off his helmet, kneels before Obi-Wan, and says, please. Obi-Wan dis disengages his lightsaber, says, Anakin, and then we see Darth Vader wake back up on Mustafar. This is a momentary vision of what could have been shown to Anakin Skywalker, the newly formed Darth Vader. And instead, he says, no, I refuse. He puts both hands on top of the crystal instead of stepping back and using the force as he did a moment ago. And putting everything he can, using force lightning and everything, which is a dark dark side power. Uh, seeing visions of his, his great defeat... Visions of his mother's death. Visions of Padme. And all the while, this this fucking crystal is, like, giving off all this energy. And, like, the force is going crazy. And the last panel we see him working with this crystal is just all this blue and red energy just flying out of it. Him going, Aah! like, oh, God, that was a terrible scream for me. But, like, you know, something <laughs> like that from him. And we cut back to Coruscant where the Emperor has been sitting and waiting and the Emperor's Imperial Guards take a stance and they're about to attack someone until they're thrown into the, the glass behind the Emperor. And the Emperor says, I'm perfectly safe. Leave me. Uh, because Tarkin's there. I should mention <laughs> that. I don't know. He says, Apprentice. Darth Vader strikes the lightsaber and says, Master. Which now has a red hue. 
And boom. That so, leads us into our next issue. So it's the story of how Darth Vader got his lightsaber. Yeah, oh. right? It was really cool art. Guys, we're only five issues into this thing. I'm sure you could probably track down the other four. Somehow, someway, if nothing else, the trade will be out in a couple months for this first arc. I suggest checking it out. It was really cool. Darth Vader kills an entire fucking town at one point during this story. So, yeah, check this book out. I've been really digging it. And uh, I think you will, too. So, Odal, with mine done, I guess it's time for something old, something new. Something, something borrowed, borrowed and... Uh... You really got to work out that something blue part there. Batman, <laughs> Batman's blue. No, just <laughs> an insert from Spider-Man Blue. It just, <laughs> oh my god! I I could. You could, yeah. Uh, but then you'd have you'd be taking up way too much time. Jesus, yeah. I like refuse. that'd be. You'd have to reconstruct this whole fucking god. thing. My my something old. Okay, so I'm gonna gonna kind of give a little bit of a lead into this Uh-oh. one a little a little spoiler alert for later in the episode a little bit okay but All right. a little bit more like okay in, in my personal collection like okay i like hellboy i enjoyed the movies i wish the third would have happened found out they're making a new one i don't see why the third didn't happen because they had all like i they I, had everything lined up for well it. they also had all these animated movies and shit that came out that all had all the cast from the movie yeah and shit. I, yeah, I don't see but why. But the third live action just never got off the ground. But you know, I thoroughly enjoyed the character. And in a moment of spontaneity, I bought all six of the li- library editions for Hellboy, which is all of the Hellboy comics in these beautiful black. Like, feel this. Yeah, feel it's, it's felt. They are. They is that are, felt? It's some kind of felt. I don't think it's felt, but it's it's fabulous. The, the super nice library editions of Hellboy. It's really nice. And they've been sitting on my shelf. Almost all of them are still sealed, and I just never picked them up to read. Well, upon the unveiling of the new image of Hellboy, which we'll be talking about later in the episode, I decided to pick up my volume one of Hellboy and start reading it. Now, one of the problems I had, and, like, just opening it up, the first... Like, I love Mignola's art, especially for this. It yeah. just... It works. The The first thing that made this seem so daunting before was when you first get into the book, it's it's a lot... Like, there's a lot of reading to kind of... Exposition. A lot of... A lot of narration. Yeah. Sidebar narration is what we'll call this. <laughs> so... You know, I would start reading and it's like, okay, I know this is important, but can we just get on to the rest of it? <laughs> so the other night I sat down, I'm like, I'm going to power through this. And I'm so glad I did because like anyone who's seen the first Hellboy movie, you know, the first few issues of this, like it, it's pretty close, but not, not dead on. There's a lot of differences, but you know, we see the ritual, we see the summoning, you know, the... The Nazis and the Americans. and it's always the, the goddamn Nazis. So, you know, all this happens and Hellboy pops up in front of Trevor and there we go. And then it just fast forwards to 40, 50 years later like it, like everyone knows it does yeah. in the movie. So, I mean, they, they did stick pretty good to the source material. Uh, there's a lot that happens in the city in the movie that happens in fucking BFE in here. <laughs> Trevor 
is is the man who who found and adopted Hellboy. Yeah. You know, raised him, got you know, put him into like the paranormal research division and all that. And or, you know, the BPRD, as it is commonly called, the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. Yeah. And So that's what that is. Yeah. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has a name. As you'll find out later <laughs> in this episode. I don't know a lot of help about Hellboy. So And and I'm enjoying learning about it. You know, there, there's a lot more that goes into it than than what I once saw. Like, there's old gods, there's, like, all these other demon entities and sorcerers and wizards and all kinds of shit. It starts raining frogs outside of a building in New York. And so, of course, you know, comes in a frog monster that Hellboy chases and is beating down and all that fun stuff. Which, you know, we see the same monster in the movie. And it actually, like, the way they did it in the movie is fairly comic accurate, the way it looks. You know, as accurate as you can be. Yeah. But Hellboy is constantly talking about how he has anger issues, and sometimes that's a good thing. Because anytime he's in a fight with something, he gets mad and he starts to win. <laughs> so, they're in, in between. It has, like, I thought this was really fucking cool. Because, like, there there's an entire volume of BPRD called The Plague of Frogs. Frogs are a big thing among the mystical world, apparently, just like cats are and all that. But apparently there's a story behind it. That man didn't want to die, so he sent a dog, who was supposed to be faithful to man, to deliver the message to God that man wanted to be reborn upon death. So the dog went to deliver the message, got distracted by by soup. Like the dog, <laughs> yeah, he was soon distracted by the smell of soup and followed his hunger instead of delivering the message immediately. The frog saw this as an opportunity and delivered a message to God that man did not want to be reborn because if man were to be reborn, it would overpopulate, destroy the swamps and everything, basically destroy the habitat of the frogs. The dog stopped being distracted, made his way to God to deliver the message, and he was touched by, God was touched by the devotion of dog for man, but he granted the frog's wish because the frog got there first. Oh, God. So, <laughs> but like, it, you know, it was little tidbits like that, but like, looking through here, like, the art for this series, like I enjoy it. Yeah, it, it's not it's not one of those like extravagant art, all this and that. It's it's very minimalist. Yeah, it's very simplistic, but it's very enjoyable. And it's like in the second issue, we get Eve, we get Abe Sapien, or not Eve, uh, Elizabeth. I've only made it four issues in because I w I was only able to read one issue at work. But we have like the giant squid monster. Yeah. Like how I mean, he faces at the end of the the film, yeah. Yeah. So like that's going on in like the third issue. Damn. Like the the main thing that he's facing is this sorcerer. Yeah. It's like the big bad isn't necessarily the the big squid like they made it seem, it's the sorcerer. Hmm. And of course like Abe Sapien's on kind of a recon mission at this at the old mansion that they're at. You know, there's another bigger, badder frog excuse me, frog monster, you know, the sorcerer goes in to 
detail about his plan and you know what he had to go through and all that and this is where we see like there are seven different big demons and they all have jihad like j-a-h-a-d as like a suffix to their name which is weird but i'm sure it's all going to come into play as i continue to read but this sorcerer has basically mind-controlled elizabeth and brought the squid monster to like its full power so now i'm waiting to start the next chapter and see where it goes but just you know just flipping through these these are like it's very enjoyable to sit and read i thought that reading this was going to be a chore because of how it started out but it really wasn't you know flipping further and further through because this is a library edition see this is a scene from like the second movie yeah uh, Which I don't remember at all. <laughs> yeah, it, the second movie was also good, and then there, you know, later on, apparently there's a giant fucking bulldog monster, so that's cool. Look forward to that. <laughs> but then, of course, at the end, there's a sketchbook that I was flipping through, and like that's a big thing to me is like these sketches and everything. We got Hellboy's dad, you know, the frog monsters, like all this and that. I don't know. I I enjoy this kind of shit. I never have. It's uh, To me, it's always been like, hey, you want to see something like you might like better, but you're never going to get? Here it is. Oh, you want to see it deconstructed? You want to see the shit that you just read deconstructed? No, because no. <laughs> it's like, I appreciate the process, but that doesn't mean that like seeing Hellboy made out of like lines and dots interests me. <laughs> see, what I like about this is it's like, okay, here. Another horse-headed guy. I like him. He looks cool. really excited. Yeah? No, like, that's what it says in the book. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think this guy is a sea monster. He looks really big, as if he would have no problem swallowing a boat. Damn. So it's like, like the little, little comments notes. like yeah, that in, in these, like, those, those are what I find to be the most fun. Yeah. Like, when going through sketchbooks and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of fun. But... I doubt that's in every single one, though. I, I don't think it is. But because I always hated getting the the sketchbooks and concept art books with like video game special editions because it's boring. Yeah, yeah. I was like, like, like for this. stuff like that. Oh my yeah. god, Arkham! That one, the special edition, the game came in a fucking book, uh, the concept book, and it's in the very back of the book. Oh my god. Yeah. So. My my copy of Ark was packed in a box somewhere because I don't want to have that fucking block out. You oh know? my god! I have no use for the fuck that. Yeah. So, all right. So, all right. So that was, so that was your, something old. Now on to something new. Of course, you know, you guys have heard me talk about it time and time again. Uh, this time I'm gonna go into a little bit more detail because my something borrowed is is just kind of a. A quick slide in here yeah but my my something new is the new issue of invincible it's issue 139 oh bringing up invincible again it's like, yeah it's almost it's but almost when someone like wants someone to talk about superman Sup- when someone wants to talk about superman we make a big fucking deal of it <laughs> i mean 12 episodes in a row versus like <laughs> You know, the occasional episode. You know what? Don't say 12 episodes in a row unless you're going to go back and do the fucking research. I will, you know what? I will go and look at the tags for the last 12 episodes okay. and see That's how many of them fair, have though, Superman. Because there have been some when I didn't 
talk about Superman books, but there was Superman news. But we still talked about <laughs> Superman on the podcast. It's not my fault he was debuting on fucking Supergirl. Anyways, go ahead. Okay, so, of course, the the arc that we're in, it's the end of all things. If you guys have been listening, you'd know that. Uh, and we only have, like, what is this, part 7 of 12. So there's five more after this. Uh, the first trade for the end of all things is now out in oh, wow. stores. The old leader of the Viltramites is leading an attack and has basically ripped one of the people in half. Okay. Almost. Like, okay, Ryan Otley has Not no problem being graphic. Yeah, that is graphic as shit. Like, when I say ripped in half, I mean in the issue prior to this... The guy pushes his hands through, like like this, and just goes like separates this. and shit. But like you can see, like I mean, he's still kind of connected right there. Yeah. So so of course you know Good for him. that pisses <laughs> off Mark. That it pisses off Eve. She leaves the space station to save him. She goes out. Mark's just tearing through all these other. Mark is invincible, by the way. The character and kind of the name. He's just ripping through these kids. Shit. And and I, I say kids because they're the offspring of the guy leading them. Damn. He has he has produced millions of offspring with this one race that because they age so rapidly, within a couple of months they're teenagers. What? Because of because of his DNA and their DNA. Within months, they're teenagers, but then they're aging, like, slows down to almost normal. Huh. Yeah, but they're purple. See, so there's <laughs> there's no mistaking who the bad guys are. They're all purple. Mark and Thrag, the leader of them, get into it, start beating the hell out of each other. Then, one of my favorite things that's happened so far, Thrag is about to shove his thumbs through Mark's eyes, almost like the mountain does to the Viper in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Which, I would love to see that happen, but not necessarily to Mark. (laughs) But a giant rocket separates the two of them, and it's the character known as Robot. And he basically brings a giant, like, giant fucking mech suit to space to help Mark in this battle against all of them and thrag makes the comment really you you're bringing toys to fight me and that offends the shit out of robot he's like toys does this look like a toy so pretty goddamn great toy (laughs) right so they're all going at it but then one of the offspring sees that and hears because everyone has like this telepathic link in space somehow i'm not sure how but that's how they communicate. Still not sure how, because I remember reading that. There's not it. one character who's like linked everyone up. Like there was a there was a guy in Action Comics recently who uh, linked everyone up telepathically. Well, I know Martian Manhunter does it for the Justice League all the time. Yeah. So but like something like that happened, but I can't remember how. Cause it was like so many issues ago that they like <laughs> They made this a thing and they explained it. So I'm like, I understand. It ha- it's a thing. I'm cool with it. But now I can't remember how to <laughs> But, so they're all talking. Eve's about to get eaten by these space dinosaur pterodactyl raptors. 
All right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Space dinosaur pterodactyl. You know what? <laughs> all all of those things are terrifying on their own, but sure. Put it into one. Put it, put it together. So so th- this one chick jumps in to save her. Turns out she's a chick that raped Mark several issues ago. Oh, shit. This went into dude rape. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, scarred the shit out of him. Controversial. Oh, dude. Dude, I'm telling you. She saves Eve. Eve saves her. Then Thrag makes a comment about how all of his offspring are disposable. Like, and he makes that, like, mentally out loud. Like, he basically screams it to everyone. So, his his first-in-command stops and gets all of the other ones to stop fighting. It's like, he doesn't give a shit about us. We're just cannon fodder to him. So, they all stop and surrender. Mark goes and takes Thrag and flies him into the sun. <laughs> like, just straight up flies him because he's thrag is grabbing his kids to use his weapons to hit mark with and and he goes to hit him with them and they're just breaking into pieces dying he's killing his kids to try to beat mark with so that happens they fly to the surface of the sun after like everyone surrenders and the next issue thrag and mark are fighting on the surface of the sun Motherfuck. Yeah. It's like hyper superhero fucking shit on crack, man. For real. Like, I'm... T- yeah, I really do gotta read this. This is one <laughs> of those books that it's like... Like, it starts out fairly grounded. Yeah. But you gotta, yeah. you gotta take into consideration, it's a superhero book. Yeah. So, of course, it's gonna have, like, it's, it's roller coasters. Yeah. It's got, you know, the home drama stuff going on. It's got superhero drama. There are side stories. There's been a whole universe created off of this comic. Yeah. And so, but now they're gonna fight on the sun. And that's never happened in these <laughs> comics before. And I can't fucking wait. That's amazing. Like... Okay, that's a really great one. Yeah. And now you gotta try and top that with your, your something borrowed. <laughs> it's like... Oh, no, my something borrowed is, is, is yeah, yeah, not... Yeah, you get them high, and then you bring them down. Look at you, man. Right? I gotta, gotta climax in the middle, and then just, you know, ease them out of it into the rest of the show. All right. Well, this is a good book. I've actually... This something borrowed is something I've borrowed from the same person, and it's a pretty good book. It's a JLA Rock of Ages. I borrowed a stack of books off of Bob... Yeah. And he was like, you know, this is the first thing I should read. You know, it's a fairly quick read, but it's taken me a couple months to get through it because I kept putting stuff ahead of it. But, you know, this is really my, my first time reading anything with Kyle Rayner, Energy Superman. Yeah. All, you know, all that. Yeah, I've, I've read a couple Energy Superman books, like just single issues, but really just getting deep into a story with him. Never been a part of it. Yeah. Like, like everything about this was, was really interesting. Very, like, I was captivated pretty much the whole time I was reading. Especially the part when they were going through the Joker's mind. Yeah. Like, I loved that. Wow, was that a fucking cool part. And, and it's like, like, the way they depict it is it's like, it's like a, a fun, fun house, like a mirror fun house yeah. is how oh. his mind works. Remember that time we did that issue of, uh, I did that issue of Harley Quinn? 
where she was psychoanalyzing herself. And yeah, yeah a, little, a little reminiscent of that. Not the same thing, not right. exactly the same thing, but and it's kinda, like, and like to, to get through it, Martian Manhunter he he adapts to to the Joker's brain, yeah. and they just find that linear path with arrows pointing right out. So it's like, but then it's like, I'll see the world as the Joker sees it. Ha ha ha. And it was like laughing and stuff like that. Which is real creepy coming from Martian Manhunter. Someone yeah. who is just as strong, if not stronger, than Superman. Yeah. So like to to see that he he could go insane at any moment was yeah. was a little unsettling. But like like seeing the different things that like the energy Superman can do. Like I really enjoyed the Kyle Rayner part. And then we have the Walmart mascot in here. <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah. Oh shit! I never, I didn't notice that when I was reading it, but yeah, uh, it, it's just a white, white guy with like a blue emblem on his chest, and it's the Walmart, it's the emblem. Walmart, the logo. new one though. It, yeah, but it's not yellow; it's blue. Yeah, either way. <laughs> but like, you know, I enjoyed the Kyle Rayner. I enjoyed Connor as Green Arrow, like, and everything that was going on. Aztec had no fucking clue who he was before this. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, was a new one for me too. You know. Metron, I knew who he was, right? but never the really Mobius got chair? much like, of a grasp yeah. before this. And then it's like, you know, all of the, what are these, all the new gods? Yeah. You know, reading about all those, but, you know, what really, I, I think, stuck out to me, and, you know, not just because I've recently finished it, but, like, like all of the stuff with Darkseid was fucking cool. Like, yeah. shooting the atom into his eye to have the atom destroy his brain? Yeah. That was, that was really cool. A wild concept, but yeah, like, if there's a way to do it. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's like, he's like, I'm Ray Palmer. I'm a scientist, and I just realized, you can see. That means light can get through somehow. And he just goes into his eye and into his brain and starts shooting his fucking brain with laser beams. <laughs> I mean, great. if you're going to win, you're going to win. You know, the stuff with Plastic Man, I thought was hilarious. Only time I ever really dug Plastic Man was when I read that, because I fucking hate Plastic Man. He is so goddamn annoying. But he, he strikes me as a very annoying character to read anything else. <laughs> yeah. But in this setting... He has unfortunately like, had his own series a couple yeah. times, so... But, like, like, this whole scene where, like, he's a pig and everything, like, I, I gotta chuckle out of that. But then it's, like, there towards the end where uh, Martian Manhunter brings some sanity the, to the Joker. Yes. Like, that was... For a quick moment, that is a very sobering concept and a moment in this book that was just very wow. Like if, yeah. if anything is worth reading in this book, it's that. Yeah. And if you need an excuse to get through the whole thing just to get to that, it's worth it. Yeah, because it's like, you know, he wants to make the world smile. And because he has this Philosopher's Stone, the world is fucking cracking. Earthquakes, everything, because the Joker's basically making it happen with the Philosopher's Stone. So Manhunter just... Gr gets into his brain and makes him sane for a moment and just this one panel yeah. you can just see so much emotion on joker's face he's like just he's like what have i done 
Oh God! What Confused have I done? Re remorse. Confused remorse is what I would call that. Yeah. He and he's like, you know, I've done so many terrible things. I want to do something to try to make it right. So of course, you know, Lexman tells him, "Hey, you should uh, bring everyone in Coast City back to life. That'd be swell." <laughs> Which gets Lex off the hook. Yep. But it's like. And then, like, when when Manhunter has to release Joker's mind, like, I read this as just a moment of intense pain. Like, that's the only way that I can interpret this for the yeah. Joker, is that it is an, a moment of intense mental anguish. So if you're a Joker fan, and you want some more depth for that character, this is the book. Oh, right yeah. Here. Absolutely. Like I, it's a more loved... real in canon depth. None of that, like, oh, the fucking you know the family he had, and then we came to Red Hood, blah, blah, or the the multiple stories he tells in yeah. the Dark Knight. No, this is legit in canon, in depth, fucking Joker. Like it was a great read. I'm I'm super glad that Bob recommended I read yeah. it first because I was gonna start with Kingdom Come first. But that's next on the chart. Oh, you block. should definitely read Kingdom Come. I love I like Alex that Ross. Yeah. Okay, like I fucking love Alex Ross. Even even beyond that, like it's just a great story. Uh, a kind of a comeback for superheroes type of story because essentially what has happened is that superpowers I think it's like some sort of shot or pill or something, but superpowers have become a fad, like a new norm or something. Huh. And they have this one guy who's kind of like a fucking dick, who's the biggest of them all. And he ends up essentially running Superman out of town at one point, like in the past. So we pick up years later and shit. There's even this one moment with um, Batman talking to Superman. Batman is now in this like exoskeleton thing that helps him move around because he's, he's so, so old. He's so old and he's so fucking busted up and shit. And he's talking, and then in the next panel, Superman's fucking gone. And he turns around and he's like, "So that's what that's like." <laughs> oh god, that's great. So yeah, I would definitely suggest that. But, yeah, Rock of Ages, great, great fucking yeah, book. I and, and it. Honestly, I was I was sad that it took me till like the end to check and see who the writer was to see yeah. that was Grant Morrison. I'm like that's why Bob told me to read it first. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bob painted it with Grant Morrison when he sold it to me. And said, <laughs> um, anyways, well, you know what that that means? It's time for right. It's time for the news phone booth news. That's right, guys. This is the section of the show where we try to give you the news faster than Deadpool can save the day, which is essentially three minutes and forty-five seconds. If you're judging from the uh, the pre, uh, what was that a teaser? I don't know. Deadpool two teaser. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's call it the teaser. <laughs> Anyways, so we've got Mr. Alpha Specter's finger on the button here. You tell me whenever you're going. And go. In comics news, Mr. Oz, the mysterious man working behind the scenes in the DC Universe, has been revealed in Action Comics number 987. And I've read this issue. It is great. Not even just for this reveal, but for just Superman fans in general. And has actually sparked kind of a, a weird debate about people being mad that he saves illegal immigr immigrants in this issue. Saw which, that. Which, uh, fuck those people. 
Anyways, in movie news, uh, Drew Goddard, writer of The Martian and Cabin in the Woods, was tapped to write and direct the X-Force movie. This movie will be starring Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool and Josh Brolin as Cable, but the rest of the Mutants team, Black Ops team, has not been announced yet. All Marvel and Star Wars films are going to exclusively be streaming on the Disney streaming service coming in 2018. However... It is still unclear if that will affect the Marvel Netflix shows. They're, they're still in talks because originally they were in talks to keep some of the movies and shit on Netflix too. But now Disney's like, nope, it's all going to be on our shit. So, in awesome news, a night before Christmas themed Die Hard Christmas storybook is set to release October 17th. And uh, I cannot wait. I'm, I have already been given a link to Amazon. It's about 10 bucks. I'm going to be pre-ordering it real soon. So I suggest you do the same. In podcast news, Smallville fans rejoice. Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum had a little bit of a Smallville, Lex and Clark reunion on uh, Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You podcast, uh, available on most podcast uh, formats. I listen to it on SoundCloud. Uh, and they talk about Smallville, their high school years, Tom's construction and modeling days, and so much more. It was a great episode. You get to hear Tom Willing say fuck a whole lot, so that's fun. <laughs> uh, and good news, everyone. Uh, Futurama is back in the form of a podcast radio play. Radiorama is available now on the Nerdist Podcast. And essentially what this episode is, is... A longtime favorite show that's been off again and off again, uh, on again and off again, uh, all my circuits is coming back in the form of a podcast. <laughs> and Bender is reprising his role regardless of how bad his his performance was on it before. And he's doing this for his mother who's sick and dying. Meanwhile, uh, Leela and Fry are arguing over a piece of unseemly and kind of offensive art that Fry made for Leela. So, it was really great. I also listened to this <laughs> today, and it was fun. Really cool. Uh, I suggest you check that out. So, where are we at? Okay, that's it. 256. 256! We did it again! Uh, last episode, uh, it was like 4 minutes, 15 seconds. So, we were like 30 <laughs> seconds out. So, yeah, we did it again. Um, guys, any of these stories you can check out on the Sort of My Comics uh, page on Facebook. It's where we post all our nerd news, anything we think is worthy to talk about here, and so much more. There's a bunch of other stuff that we post on there, too. God, we post a lot of not news-related stuff here lately. Have we? Yeah. I've been posting a lot of shit. I know that. I mean, uh, I mean like... news-related shit? Not news-related. Not news related. Like, like just what? just like posting shit up. Like uh Like I, I guess you could call it news, but like <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? Speak your words, Odal. I are good pizza. Well yeah, pizza's great, but I don't know what that has to do with our podcast. Anyways. Alright. <laughs> fuck, what the fuck are you talking about? Anyways. Okay, guys, so that leads us into our discussion-worthy topics. Uh, the first thing up is the first image of Hellboy has been released. Uh, Mike Magola, uh, the creator of Hellboy, shared this on Twitter of active David Harborough, uh, who you might know from Stranger Things. He played Jim Ho uh, Hopper. Uh, 
Which, God, he looks so good in the, as as Hellboy. Yeah, this is him in full was, makeup, and it's really great. I was a little hesitant because I'm like, okay, we're all like used to the to Ron Perlman and how he appears. Honestly, I don't think it looks much different. It, it doesn't. Yeah, but like, like the, I mean, they, you've got some more. Uh, it seems like his arm is a little more mechanical. It, like oh, there's weird. There's but more. I, there's more detail into into his arm. Uh, he's a lot more like realistically muscular looking instead of like bulky plastic like a, like a fucking uh, rubber vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Bat- like Batman. A- 89 Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you can, you can see the scars and the markings and everything else. Yeah. But, you know, the... Well, they... Uh, and I was just watching this today for in preparation of this. They put scars and shit oh, on yeah. his body and whatnot in the, yeah. in the Ron Perlman version. But it's like, you... you you can't really fuck with the Hellboy look all that much, cause yeah, like, there's, there's not a lot of creative liberties there. Yeah. I mean, he's Hellboy. He has his trench coat. Yeah. He has his big concrete looking arm. He's got. He has longer hair. And here's what they've done. Essentially, his hair is usually up. Yeah. In some sort of book, and, and it was constantly up in the movie. Yeah. They let his hair down. Big old chains there, uh, and and like I said, it seems like there's some silver in his arm. Like it looks mechanical, kind of. Yeah. And well, and, and I'm wondering a, what a, that's all about. In, in a sense, it's almost like they made it less cartoony appearing, because eh, um, I don't I don't really think the the Ron Perlman version looked very cartoonish. I mean, if we're if we're getting literal here, it's like one normal red arm, beside like another huge fucking cannon type arm. Well, yeah, because so I mean, even either way, no matter what you do, it's gonna look a little weird. Yeah, because I mean, even even in the comics and everything, like like you look and you see like it's it's a regular arm, and then it's like someone put this big concrete gauntlet up to his elbow on it. Yeah. I don't know. So, so do you think they're gonna kind of follow suit and like just kind of reboot the whole thing and start over like like the comics? Or um, do you think a lot of go a different direction. A lot of movies have been uh, foregoing the origin story these days. Now, with with some franchises uh, franchises like Batman, Spider Man, we don't need it. Yeah, yeah, we know we have other movies that have told us. Plenty I mean, those of us have read the comic books. We know. So yeah, we don't need it. But Hellboy, that's a little different. Um, like, we only I, have one movie with it, and and the comics, they're not that well known. Like no, they're I mean, not. Like a lot of people like, don't, uh, don't among read. among like there collector communities classic, yeah. and all that. Like people love them, people appreciate them. But once yeah, you I'm get not saying out there's of, a like, there's the a fan base. There's yeah. a big fan base, but it's not. A it's huge not Batman size. Yeah, it's not a huge fan base. Yeah. So uh, the smart play would be put a little origin, follow suit with the the comic, follow suit with the Ron Perlman version, the 2004 movie, and do that little introduction. That yeah. Little like I, I feel like story. I feel if we're gonna get like the the Nazi ritual going on, we're gonna get the crack of thunder, Hellboy appearing, yeah. and all that. I I don't think we're gonna. We're gonna get like 
any kind of growing up or anything because why? Yeah. You know, but I feel and, like we're going to get a lot more like BPRD kind of stuff. Well, and, and that's that brings me to my next point, the, the whole why thing. If they're just going to follow suit and follow the, the comic pretty close, like the, the original one did from what you said, why make this movie at all? If right. those two did it and a three was on the table, like why fucking do a reboot? If we're just going to get the exact same thing. Yeah. So I'm hoping to see something different. I'm hoping to see some shit I don't know anything about. <laughs> uh, I'm you sure know? we will. But, you know, some of the things that we know we can expect are are going to be the big-ass gun. So far, there's no Abe Sapien. on the. I, yeah, I checked the IMDb while in preparation for this, and uh, there's no Abe Sapien. Um, Mila Jovovich is cast in the movie. I can't remember what it she's said. Gonna, really. She's going to be Elizabeth. I guarantee yeah, uh, you she'll be what Elizabeth. Yeah, I don't yep. quote me on it, but I can. I should have wrote it down. I can one hundred percent see that. Yeah, but she is in the movie, and yeah, like I said, I didn't see any Abe Sapien on there because I looked. Because uh, a lot of people are saying um, that this upcoming Guillermo, uh, Guillermo, uh, Guillermo yeah. del Toro <laughs> movie <laughs> that is coming up. I don't remember what it's called right now, but uh, they keep saying it's an Abe Sapien origin movie, and he has insisted it is definitely not, but the, the creature in there kind of looks a little like Abe Sapien. Wait, and what? as we all know, Guillermo, uh, Guillermo del Toro is the guy who made Hellboy 1 and 2. Yeah. So, Huh. Are you see, really, oh, you're really going to Google this now. You're going to make me look, look this shit up. I don't know how to spell Guillermo. <laughs> no, you don't. Nobody does. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it later. Yeah, look I'll into that later. later. Anyways, uh, I've seen the trailer for this. Uh, it looks like a cool movie. And I also saw an article today that said there's definitely going to be a Fishman lady sex scene in it. I was like, all right. I could, I could watch that. <laughs> like, it didn't really do anything. Of course anything. Doesn't really do anything for me, but uh, hey, it's sci-fi, so why not? <laughs> so that's really all I want for it, is for it to do something different. I've seen the first movie twice now. A whole uh, two times. A whole two times, and I remembered it being a lot better than what I saw today. And that's not to say it's a bad movie. It's You're just, just a, more critical of it's it. It's a lot cheesier than, it was, uh, than oh, yeah. I remember it being. Uh, it's... I don't know, I'm sure if I really thought about it too, because I was also putting the show together while I was watching it, yeah. so I wasn't paying like 100% attention. If I was, I could probably point out some plot holes. Oh, but, no doubt. And then I don't remember the second one at all, The Golden Army. I know I've seen it, couldn't See, tell you a damn thing about it. I remember I remember pieces of that one. Uh, I remember like the the elves in it. I remember the golden army and everything going on with that. Nope, none of this makes any fucking and... <laughs> the the elves like the golden army. Like okay, fine, because it's called you know the golden army. <laughs> but well, the, the elves, I remember the shit golden about army elves. was an army created by the I think by the dwarves for the elves for protection. But shit, so this has a whole. Middle Earth element to it, Kinda. and I can't, I can't remember any of it. Kind of yeah. like, nah, it's. I'm surprised it hasn't made its way to Netflix already. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's a it's a dark horse property. Honestly, like back when I first saw this movie, I thought it was a Marvel movie. Uh, yeah, I I did not. Yeah. I hadn't come to realize that uh, there were no, other companies. <laughs> well, no, I like I knew, but because uh, uh, I knew all the Star Wars books were in dark horse around that time. So. Yeah, but and the Stephen King. Dark Tower shit was all going through Dark Horse. I knew about Dark Horse. No, all but the Dark I... Tower stuff went through Marvel. No, not all of it. I know there's some Dark Horse, Dark Tower shit. We're going to have to look into that one, too. Yeah. But... <laughs> it is... So, and like, you know, I, I just thought it was a Marvel movie. Because that's, you know, like, they had Spider-Man uh, 2 was coming out around the same time. And... We were shit. just kind of a cousin who was like... Yeah, we're just four years we've out got, from We've Ryan. got Marvel and DC, and yeah. they're making movies. So yeah. if it's a superhero, it's got to be Marvel or DC. Which is what like really threw me for a loop when Injustice 2 was like, fucking Hellboy! And I was like, what? <laughs> what the hell? Um, so, anyways, yeah. It, it looks it, cool, but we've only got an image. We don't have a synopsis. We don't have like a trailer. We don't have shit. We've got an image. This could yeah. be a total pile of fucking garbage. <laughs> so, but at least we'll he looks wait. cool. We'll wait to find out. Yeah, at least he looks cool. So the next piece of news that we've got, and I I feel like this is a big one. Uh, recently, yeah. uh, Colin Trevorrow, the, the guy responsible for Jurassic World, the director of Jurassic World anyways, I should say, got fired from Star Wars Episode Nine. Now, the rumor is... Is that uh, in between Jurassic World and Episode Nine, he made this uh, indie film, which like bombed and it was controversial. And on top of that, him and Kathleen Kennedy could not get along. Like it was a kind of he got too big for his britches because he had Jurassic World and some other movie I haven't seen uh, yet uh, about. Uh, I know it's based on. Uh, an ad in the paper of a guy who was time traveling said he was time traveling and was looking for people to join him and said he'd only done it once before something like that i know that i don't remember the title of the movie but it was a big hit and uh then he went on to do jurassic world and kind of you know being a new very young director kind of got big britches about himself and was clashing with kathleen kennedy he's like this is what disney star wars wants they have a vision they yeah. know what they want. They're story-driven. They're putting the story, much like Marvel Studios and under Disney does, they're yeah. putting the story ahead of the directors and the creators and shit like that. Which um, is good. So if a director comes in and they want to make it their own thing, it's not going to fucking work and she's going to shut you down. Kathleen yeah. Kennedy's going to put fucking axe to you. I mean, the guys who made the Lego movie, that's how they got... I don't remember both of their names right now. Because there's still, again, there are two new names. That's how they got fired off the Han Solo movie. Because they were like, let's do a lot of improv. And like, let's make it fun and funny. And they're like, no, we've got a vision. There's going to be some humor here. But yes, it's it's a straight ahead story. There's no imp room for improv here. And so there was creative differences. And, and they got fired. So. There's always creative differences. In the light of this, they went ahead and said, Okay, who who toes the line? Who gave us what we wanted before? Who who's going to give us what we want now? And they have landed on J.J. Abrams, the the co-writer director of 
Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Now, now I I want to I want to point something out here that J.J. Abrams is on top of his space shit. It, he is to an extent. I I'll admit that Star Trek Into Darkness has some problems, but ultimately, I think it was great. I, I loved too. that movie. I enjoyed it so much. I finally got to watch it not and too long ago. it was a great movie mashup of Wrath of Khan. And uh, I can't remember the title of the episode, but the, the first episode that Khan appears in in the original Star Trek episode. Mm. It was a great mashup of that. Brought in a few more elements. They flipped the script on the whole Death of Spock thing. You know, it was, it was really well done. Now, the whole, oh, Tribbles. I brought this one back to life. We can save Kirk type thing. Ah, fuck you. But <laughs> uh, still, at the same time, it was pretty great. But he caught a lot of shit for that. Yeah. And that's why he didn't want to do eight because he was originally offered eight. And so he didn't want to do eight because he was like, eh, you know, I, I did one. I don't want to repeat Star Trek. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, we'll leave it here. And it's good that you know, they get someone not only with the reputation that he has, but who also recognizes when he makes yeah. a mistake and makes sure that he doesn't repeat them. Right. Like so many people do. And it like there there are a lot of other directors they probably could have brought in. One, I uh, I heard Kevin Smith talk about this on on his podcast Batman on Batman. Yeah. And he said that on Twitter I think it was Twitter. He said he brought it up that maybe give George Lucas the job. And he was like, <laughs> his defense of that idea is that it's like, give him the redemption. He started it, episode one, or uh, episode four. He did it. That was him. He directed. He gave us this whole fucking world. Let him have a chance at redemption. Let him take an opportunity to use the things that he's learned from the prequels and uh you know all of all these years he'd give him some redemption and of course being under the thumb of kathleen kennedy he'd go in the right direction and shit but give him a shot one last fucking shot and i was like you know what that's so romantic i want it it's so (laughs) oh fuck i want i kind of want it but i'm so heartwarming far more comfortable with kathleen kennedy or uh, I'm sorry, with J.J. Uh, Abrams doing this, yeah. I loved The Force Awakens. I understand that it is retreading ground, but that that's what I think that's what you needed to start this off because everyone still has such a sour taste about the prequels in their mouths. Yeah, and with this, we needed something familiar and new. And I'm sorry, guys, but there are a lot of fucking elements in The Force Awakens that are not oh fucking uh, a New Hope retreads. So. You know, take a second look at that fucking movie before you bitch about it again. <laughs> but ultimately, it was a, it was a great middle ground, and yeah. now I expect I expect we're going to get something totally different from episode eight, episode nine being under J.J. Abrams working off of whatever we're getting in episode eight, and all these other side things that we have out there with novels and comics and shit like that. I've got a lot of hope. Oh yeah, and rebellions are built on hope, so. God damn it, <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you couldn't help it. I had to. And it was like spur of the mind. I didn't even have that written down. So. Uh, but anyways, guys, this movie has been uh, moved back to December 20th, uh, 2019. I think it was like March 2019 originally. 
and they moved it back. All all three of these episodes have come out December-ish. Actually, I think Rogue One was December, yep. and I I think Han Solo was December as well. Um, I don't quote me on that one. No, no, because I made a post on Facebook recently about why nobody was making a bigger deal about the Han Solo release date because it's May twenty fifth. Do you know what May twenty fifth is? Isn't that Star Wars Day? No. Uh, it should be Star Wars Day is May fourth because people like fucking no, wordplay. No, May fourth is not Star Wars. Day. It was this past year. Anyways, that is the debut date, May 25th, 1977, was when Star Wars came out. Uh, Too bad they couldn't have done it this year. Right? Right. Do like, uh, God, what would that be, 40 years? It was the 40th anniversary. I can't remember if they did, because they did Star Wars Celebration, and I don't think that was around May 4th, but I think Star Wars Day was on May 4th. Like, the whole, like, comic shop thing and all that. Yeah, but I remember Star Wars Celebration. I don't... I, it may have been that weekend or something, but... Yeah. I don't think it was exactly May 25th. And, and me, I bitch about this every year. Like, <laughs> I'll May the 4th be with you. May the fuck you be with you. <laughs> fuck you. It's 25th. <laughs> God damn it. It's... I'm sorry. It's so sacred to me. <laughs> you know, it's... And I will post May the 4th be with you to your Facebook know, you page and Bob every too. year. Me and Bob are, are currently feuding about um, October shit. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah no okay this isn't serious shit this won't date it yeah no I I have a standpoint against um, all the like it's Halloween I've seen Halloween decorations up right now it's bullshit it is bullshit and here is here's my best argument I have some shittier arguments but (laughs) here's my best argument oversaturation breeds boredom if we get too much of it we might scale back to an unprecedented level and I'm afraid of that because I actually love Halloween. I don't love Halloween as a fucking fad, which I think a lot of people do at this point. I couldn't, like, you know, I, it's hard to pinpoint, but I do fucking love Halloween. It's always been one of my favorite holidays since yeah. back when I was a kid all the way. I trick-or-treated until I was fucking 19, and at that point I had a two-year-old son. So, yeah, I put my shit on front straight there again. <laughs> Anyways... So I, you know, I legit love this holiday and I don't want to see it become a fucking fad. I don't want to see it become this just bad taste in our mouths because just the yesterday I saw Christmas shit out of Dollar Tree. I don't already. Yeah, yeah, already. That's what this is breeding. And before you know it, it's going to be actually I think it was this year, like late August, like the last five or six days. Halloween shit was already out. August. Yeah. That's fucked. Like, Come on. Mid, That's mid-September is like the ideal time to, to get Halloween stuff out. Because sure, we, yeah, put some stuff out so we can start prepping for decorations. And yeah. Start and I've like, even bought a couple decorations recently. Yeah, but then it's like, you know, October hits and it's like, okay, we are geared for Halloween. Yeah. And then October's done and over with. Okay, let's gear up for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving's done and over with. I am okay with my tree going up on December 1st. And, and okay, yeah, all right. See, that that makes us, me and my, like, and this is how much of a traditionalist I am with this shit. Me and my mom, for years, because she starts putting up her tree right after Thanksgiving. Like, and I've always been like, why? Why, why are you doing this? It doesn't make any <laughs> fucking sense. I was like, it's not December. Come on. 
uh, you know, like, this is the in-between time where we make all the fucking turkey sandwiches. <laughs> like, right? don't fuck with this. You know? But, but it's like, you know, I, I can understand the people who put their trees up right after Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, Abby's mom was the same way. Yeah. Like, yeah. we had we had a Christmas tree in the, the family room upstairs, right. and the living room downstairs, and a little one in our bedroom. Okay, we we got too off topic, because this is, this is sort of my podcast. <laughs> like, we're supposed <laughs> to talk about... Nerd shit. I, guess, I don't know. Holidays may be nerdy, but uh, I don't think so because it's an everyone thing. Anyways, yes, I am a traditionalist with Star Wars that way as well. Yes. Uh, so this one getting pushed back to December. Cool. I'm on it. Like all Keep the other the ones trip. have. Sure. Yeah. It's a good Christmas treat. <laughs> so, all right, guys. So here, this brings us to. What is becoming a new segment on the show? Because, like, the last three episodes, I feel, have ended on this note. And Lenwin, a legendary comic writer and editor, has died at the age of 69. Of what? I, I wasn't able to find an article Due on to yet. Due of cocaine and hookers. Well, of course. I mean, come on. He was 69. <laughs> God, that's... I just pissed so many people off just now. <laughs> if you're not familiar with uh, Len's work, he is the co-creator of Swamp Thing, Lucius Fox, and most notably, Wolverine. Yeah, I mean that's a big fucking credit to have. And he was he was also a legendary editor who worked on The Watchmen. He introduced the whoever knows fear burns at the man things touch concept for the man thing mythos. Uh, he's written on The Flash, Phantom Stranger, Amazing Spider-Man, Thor, Batman, Incredible Hulk, Superman, and so many more. Chances are that if you're reading a book, he influenced it somehow. He was a big name. Huge name. And to only be 69 during his... A lot of these deaths that we've covered recently, like, did like 80s, 90s yeah. and stuff. 69? Wow. Like... What more did he have to give? Probably not much, because he gave us so much. Yeah, but, in his short life, he gave us so much. But there may have been more in the tank, and I hate that we'll never get to tap that. And I, yeah. you know, still we we do get to appreciate all the things that he did give us. Uh, it, any Wolverine fan out there can go watch Logan right now and be like, "Fucking thank God for Len Wynn that this." became a thing because he created a thing you know so we're losing a big comic book legend and i i use that term literally legend yeah so that's i think where we're gonna wrap it up today uh, like on a, on a sad note like every fucking episode we've done last week uh last yeah. episode it was um tony oh. hopper uh hooper oh yeah yeah, yeah. classic horror director Mm-hmm. And producer, uh, so yeah, which, I wonder who'll be the next. I mean, should, should we just have a, a legendary obituaries <laughs> right segment? Now? Um, shit, the the unreturnables or something like that. Because in comics, classically, people who die come back, but this is not the case. So, yeah, I don't know. If, if this goes one more week, maybe. Maybe that'll be a new official segment. So anyways, guys, uh, there is a new series shit up. It's called Remember That. 
and it was a fun episode. Oh, yeah. It was really great. Uh, Alpha Spectre and I shoot off on the, the 90s and a whole, bu- uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. I laid down an official pog challenge, which you got to hear it. You got to hear I mean, I, I take it to the mattresses. You're going to have to you're gonna have to listen to the episode to understand what I mean there. So check that out. Uh, again, I'm going to be uploading a whole bunch of new stuff to the YouTube this this week. Uh, we shouldn't be too far from actually getting caught up. We're pretty close. Um, I think episode 13 of sort of my podcast is about to go up. But then, then we start getting into the commoners commentaries. The first one of which is already up. Uh, and then serious shit starts happening. Then we've got our sort of my updates. So the more stuff that got released on the SoundCloud and iTunes, the more congested the release for uh, the YouTube becomes. Because if not, like we'd be like, because we're what this is episode twenty one. Yeah. So and episode thirteen is about to go up. So we'd be up there like that. So it's still a little slow going, and uh, I would like to officially announce that I am preparing to start pre-recording Edible Obscurities for for YouTube. So Very nice. Phase 3 is in pre-production. <laughs> so, yeah, do with that what you will. But if you want to see any of that stuff or any of my old stuff from uh, the days I was running the YouTube before, it is sort of my brand on YouTube again. As always, guys, like, comment, you know, tell us what you think, uh about anything that we said in this podcast get in on the conversation if we start getting a lot of comments we'll start using those comments that that could be a new segment yeah questions comments shit like that you know like your rebuttals to our opinions because fuck us right you think something different we're a bunch of pieces of shit so (laughs) let us know let us know how fucking mad you are that we think yada 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 be that guy who thinks argue Le- with us. Be that guy who thinks Lin Win wasn't a legend. Well, be that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Again, guys, my name is Vincent Herman, Ben the Human. I am James Odell, Alpha Spectre, and it's time to bop, 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 intro that. Bop, bop, bop. Oh, yeah, that was so bad. Just play the the badass outro music. <laughs>